It was online gaming before online gaming was even a thing. And yet, still the same amount of racist preteens that we've all come to know and love. It's the Sega Channel, this week on Nothing Good. Good evening, afternoon, whatever, wherever it is, where you are. Good morning. How you guys doing today? Ni hao. Doing good. Yeah. Doing we have good. a very special guest. Obviously, mm. we got Mr. Brown here. You got Doc. But I don't really know what to call you outside of maybe just Mac. That is, that is appropriate. Yeah, that is, that's kind of fit over the years. Yeah. Mac here has been uh, a friend of ours for many, 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 many years. Many, many years. Um, 10 plus years. Uh, close personal best friend. Uh, he's been a, a, a big cornerstone of what we do creatively over the years, yeah. and we've been wanting to get him on the show uh, to be a part of what we're doing for a while now, and here he is, and I'm real excited about that. Introduce yourself, man. Well, uh, how's it going, everybody? Uh, my name is Dave. Uh, everybody kind of calls me Mac. Um, I've known uh, Mr. Brown Mr. Jones here for... Um, Herb's underselling it. It's almost 20 years now. Nigh 20 years. It's mm. almost 20 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's always interesting, like, just when you think back about how we actually know each other. Yes. And the, the degrees of separation that actually ultimately came together when we realized how we actually knew each other. Um, I met Herb through uh, one of my best friends growing up, Ryan. Uh, they'd worked together. And myself and Mr. Brown. Yep. Work together. We just passed the 18 year anniversary of being friends. That's absolutely correct. October 13th, 2003. I know the day that I met this man. <laughs> Down to a nutshell. That's wild. And uh, the, the working relationship that we had, Noah, was actually very, uh, very unique. It was. It was. Uh, as I will, and spoiler. For anybody who might have kids in the car. Or oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyone finding to. this fucking show has learned <laughs> not to put... If you are playing this for your kids... Hold on, Let me just break this down. Two things. One, you're a shitty parent. 100%. But two, if your kids are listening to this... Hey, kids. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That's Blame the, your dad. That's the first fuck you for the night. There it is. <laughs> There'll be many more. But uh, I was the store Santa Claus at mm-hmm. Toys R Us back in the uh, early 2000s. Yep. And uh, Noah was uh, the photographer elf. Yes, I was. Yes, and, I was. And uh, my introduction to Noah was me in full Santa costume, sitting in the chair, waiting for kids to come up. He's getting the camera ready. He starts taking some... Uh, practice Polaroids because we were using Polaroids for yeah, that. High quality retail operation. High Polaroid quality was. retail operation. Yeah. And he just goes into a full Central European photographer voice and just starts going, look at me, look at me, you're a tiger. Give me tiger. Go ahead, give me tiger. Yes, you're aggressive. Grr, grr, you're aggressive. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And and I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, what the f- Fuck! Did not know this man. <laughs> is going. What, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> like I saw, I signed up for this because like, I'm jolly, right? You know, I yeah, can roll with this. You can be jolly, sure. Uh, and then, and then this just 
I, I don't even know how to describe Noah at that stage. Just comes in as a hurricane. Long haired, aids skinny, kind of a thing, you know. Generally, yeah. Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> did you say aids skinny? For the, Possibly. For okay. The, just making ju- sure that's what you said. Yeah, that is what I said. Okay. For just the price of a cup of coffee, you could sponsor. <laughs> no one sponsored me. No one's nutrition. Shy them away. The last, for the last, you know, year of high school oh they had in God. the first couple years. Sally afterwards. Struthers was not coming over. No, my house. she wasn't. So, so, and then as <laughs> as as we start to to get to know each other and everything, uh, it comes up in conversation. Uh, this guy that I know named Herb. Uh, who's really into wrestling, and and Noah said, I know a guy named Herb who's really into wrestling. Uh huh. And then the, we just the world just collided. The worlds just collided. Yep. You know, I'm okay with being like connective tissue for people. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, okay, so this is a thing now. This is absolutely <laughs> a thing now because we had not actually all hung out together at yeah, that yeah. stage together. So, um, and then you know, the rest is history. Yeah, here it we is. are, man. It yeah. is. These two gentlemen that I'm standing uh, sitting across from were both in my wedding. Yes. Uh, and I, I appreciate it. I love them with all my heart. I just want to say the first time the three of us all hung out together was actually at one of Ryan's parties, in which I got so drunk that I hung onto the carpet for fear of falling <laughs> into the ceiling. <laughs> that, uh, that was that time. That was the first time. One of my great memories of you at a, at a Ryan party mm-hmm. was being so drunk that we thought we watched the same episode of Sports Center about 15 times <laughs> and it had only been on for 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and just laying uh, on the couch, not having any idea how time worked. No, it was gone. Yeah, it was completely, completely uh, gone. Oh, so um, good. But welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, guys. You know, it's uh, it's great to be here. Uh, gentlemen, I'll let you in on a little secret here. Yeah. yeah. This is my first actual real-life podcasting experience wow we get to be your first exciting you're my first so um god it's special Mm -hmm. i've i've put towels down just in case i've been saving my cherry for you two specifically Mm. uh once i i started hearing the podcast (laughs) don't do don't do that (laughs) and i want your cherry and and i'm i'm excited to have the two of you Mm. tag team me to take that yes to just pop that cherry Mm. on Mm. on on this 100 percent. don't want your cherry Mm. Hey, I like cherries. Well, you can have them both. You double up. You can have all. How of you it. doing? As long as you watch, but you have to look disapproving. Oh, I already am. <laughs> so I thought it would take before we get started. I'd like to uh, to kind of ingratiate you to our listeners, uh, just in case you don't know. Uh, this is an international podcast now, uh, so there's a lot of different countries in the world who will be getting their first taste of the Mac. Puerto and Rico so, is not actually a separate country. No, it is not. And we also don't have any listeners in Puerto Rico yet. But perhaps yet. the popping of your cherry could could bring them in. I could. It could. It could. I have I have some connections to Puerto Rico. Okay. And if I can, you know, get the word out, perhaps we're just going to bring that into the fold. Well, hello, Puerto Rico. Yes. Uh, I don't want to be premature, but <laughs> at our age, sometimes it happens. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, this is my first podcast, so premature is probably going to be a theme as mm. we kind of go through this. Uh, Sounds yeah. messy, but let's get messy together. Dave, I have, uh, Mac, I have three questions I'd like to ask you to uh, to kind of help our listeners get to know you. Uh, number one, are you ready? Okay, yes. Great, great first question. That was the first question. That, that was, was a, That was a test question. That was a trick. Yeah. So let's go question number two. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> Dave, how big is your dick? Wow. How big is my dick? Uh, big enough that my girlfriend uh, stays. Okay. Good to know. Would you? In the question two: Do you prefer to use your dick for good or evil? 
you know, it's a little bit of both. Sometimes even like mid use of dick, there's a heel turn. Nice. And, uh, you know, I just get the crowd to turn on me. So, nice. and everyone watching, everybody watching. Mm. Yeah. Some chanting, some booing. You got to judge it off a of crowd. Reaction. Yeah. That's the, you know, exactly. It's about the listener. It's about the people watching at home though, too. It's not right. just about the live crowd. And, you know, I would like to think that at this stage that my dick is quite like John Cena because mm. you can't see it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, oh, that's, oh, that's a good one. There, there it is. So not, uh, well. not, not the F5, <laughs> just the F5 inches. <laughs> so. Yeah, five inches. Goes right to it. That's a t-shirt. There it is. Uh, and then the last question is, if your dick was an animal, what animal would it be? Oh, if my dick was an animal, what kind of animal would it be? Well, the first thing that kind of came to my mind was a porcupine. Oh. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot going on down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could get you could get stung if you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a little sharp. It's going to be a prick. It's a little sharp. Saying? Uh, and then sometimes I thought, like, maybe an armadillo because of just the general shape and texture of it. <laughs> ah. So... Perfect. That, that's, yeah, uh, thank you. Perfect. Very descriptive. This thank is the quality content yes. that has made us the 1,943rd most popular podcast in Algeria. There you go. Look, you got to start somewhere. You got, hey, that's fine. I've, I've never had anything <laughs> but love for the Algerians. The fine people of North Africa. Yeah. Yes. In fact, I always thought that uh, a film that you and I had made many years ago, uh, Revelations of a Scaly Kind, yes. plug. Yes. Uh, that you can also find on YouTube if you you know search for that if sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you dare, if you dare, um, in that movie, uh, I was dressed up as a giant monster baby wearing yes. wearing a diaper, mm-hmm. and at the early stages of our film career, that picture got surprisingly a number of views that we weren't really quite sure where they were coming from. No. I feel like Algeria was that, that place. Was, that was the thing. I really do. Yeah, I feel like that really blew up there, and you know we had at least. A solid 20 people that put that on loop for, for a couple of weeks and really drove those numbers up. So I, what you're saying is you're probably like the David Hasselhoff of Algeria. The David Mick Hasselhoff, yes. I like that. Thank you. I'm just surprised the Academy looked past uh, Dave uh, in a giant baby monster <laughs> costume. My favorite part of that production was spraying you down so you listen. Yeah. He had to be a wet giant monster baby. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, if you ever, if you pay attention in, in films, and I remember when I first started working on movie sets, I remember asking one of the locations individuals or one of the, the locations props guys or something about, why are the streets always wet? <laughs> just, it just, it, it's not a, there's not a cloud in the sky. There's no rain in this movie, but as soon as I look at it, the road is just drenched. It looks Super like, it, yeah. And uh, they're like, well, it just looks better. I'm like, oh. Reason enough. It is, yeah. it is a visual aesthetic. So, so if I'm going to be wearing a diaper duct taped around my waist. Yeah, it was duct taped. Let's listen this thing. <laughs> Wet it down. For, for the fans. Yeah. Yeah. That we now know are in Algeria. And that's yes. canon now. That is canon. Way. Never yeah. coming back so, from that. In the same vein of what you guys are talking about, not necessarily in Algeria, but. Uh, Wet babies. Pre- no. Previous episodes. <laughs> I've been getting some really good positive feedback on yeah. a couple uh, yeah. episodes we've had. Um TMNT. Turtles. Turtles. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of positive feedback. I was not expecting that. Yes. I yeah. spoke to a couple of people who loved it. Absolutely loved it. Same with Masters of the Universe. That one continues to get a lot of positive reviews. I'm totally down with it. But yeah. I we I just want to say I appreciate all of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, we no did not where expect to have any more than three or four, but somehow we've managed to get way more than that. Yeah, we've 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 got a few more that we appreciate everything. Yeah. And uh, you know, we we promised to bring you the same Gritty, hard-heading truth content such as that Leonardo definitely is the kind of Ninja Turtle that wants to be cut. I mean, it's just that's just how yeah. it is. 
This is true. This is how it is. Yeah, but that's true. speaking of cucking, let's get on to the kind of thing. And uh, and I, I trust me, this goes with here it is better. that we have a typical, uh, wonderful routine ritual here on the show in which we cue the listener in to what we're drinking. But just like Leonardo and his cucking, uh, Herb is merely watching today. Yeah, I'm drinking water. Yeah, you're being beer cucked right yeah. now. Well, because I'm incredibly hungover. Yeah. <laughs> so you you had your fill yesterday. Oh and my now You're God. just watching today. Yeah, you're not lying. All right. Well, Mac, would you like to tell the listener what we're uh, imbibing here today? Uh, we are drinking beer. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh, beer. As it you is say. Uh, Trojanator. Uh, double bock beer. I often like double box. You know, a bock in each hand kind of works. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to double fist, it's better to double fist with double box. Yes, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you say sometimes I get a little uh, uh, bock hungry. You know, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a bock fiend. I guess you could say. You know. You know, a lot of times when I would be leaving your house, mm-hmm. you would look at me with your deep Arnold Schwarzenegger eyes mm-hmm. and just say. I'll be Bach. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I, I see where you're, I see I where you're going you were gonna with ask this. me all the times I've, whipped, I've asked you to whip your Bach out. <laughs> uh, well, I do rock out with my Bach out. That Beautiful. Is, that is for sure. For you, my friend. Thank Absolutely. you. And, for you. Thank and you. Would you like to describe what you're drinking? Water. <laughs> you fucking madman. And it is so tasteless. Mm. <laughs> Just like my humor. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I would be remiss if I didn't explain to your to the adoring fans about um, why Herb is drinking water. Yes. Um, I was there when it uh, happened, everybody. And I don't know quite what you would call the drink that uh, that was being made at the uh, at the party mm-hmm. that we were at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herb was, in fact, making the drink. I made it, yeah. Uh, and it's a throwback to, you know, back into our early 20s when we would just experiment with whatever the bar had to offer mm-hmm. and just kind of combine some things. And uh, he combined a lot of shit. Um, I, as, I, as, I, as I often said, as, <laughs> when, I, when he gave me the shot, I'm like, I think this would actually take paint off of a paintbrush. He's like, yeah, just drink it. Just don't. It's better uh, not to think about it. Which Herb said to me a lot in my life. <laughs> Doc, um, Doc does have that knack for most of the times you've ever been the most drunk in your life are because of him. Yeah, yeah. I have no shame in sinister. that. Sinister, right? I, sinister. I've I would, never been referred to as yeah, a sinister. You, you, when drinking, sometimes you can be downright sinister. I like it. Yeah. But when Thank I you. but when I got home <laughs> last night after after drinking these beverages, um, I fell asleep sitting up. And and somehow woke up around four o'clock in the morning. My shirt wasn't on. Other <laughs> other things were, <laughs> and I was just sitting there, and my dog was just judging me. So, um, and I did not nearly drink as much of this as you did. Mm. So, um, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm happy to even see you here today. Mm. Yeah, it was rough. It was a rough night. Yeah. and morning, and afternoon, yeah. and evening. <laughs> but you know, rough. But uh, I'm here. Rough mornings usually follow uh, good nights. Yeah. Well, so. you know what? Uh, <clears throat> the show must go on. So I'm here, hungover or not. Yeah, well, we appreciate you you being a part of uh, a part of today's episode, which is nothing good. <laughs> no, well, I mean, the show is nothing good, and no. it's probably the episode's also probably nothing good. No, uh, we, we're talking about Sega Channel. Sega Channel, right? So Sega. A big part of this is like obviously this is a part of our childhood. Did you have Sega Channel growing up? Uh, I thought we were here to talk about the Super Nintendo Channel, so I'm really fucked. Ah, shit. <laughs> Did not did not get that memo. Did uh, not no, get it. No. the disc no. drive. So everybody, it's been uh, it's been great being here. Thank you both so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, Fuck out. We'll, we'll talk to you guys at another episode. Apparently. <laughs>
apparently. <laughs> uh, hopefully, the next one, Leonardo is cucking. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it, when is he not, though? I think we've established yeah. that canonically. I always felt like that's why Raphael had such the animosity towards him. Yeah. Was because that Leo was always watching. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of feel like at this point, yeah. Like, I get us a picture of Splinter. Uh, he's like, Leonardo, to be a leader, you must watch as I bang your girlfriend. <laughs> and then Mikey uses a skateboard in a creative way. Oh, okay. Well, turtles have uh, remarkably large dicks, so they didn't have to really go very far to watch. I mean, they could have been <laughs> fucking around corners and, uh, and you know... The turtle air was only so big. You know, we, we didn't also mention that turtles are absolutely riddled with diseases. And yet, yeah. and that April just had those things <laughs> hanging around her apartment. Oh my God. Yeah. Eating off yeah. her plates, oh, opening yeah. her refrigerator. Yeah. God yeah. Foot br- destroyed that thing. Yeah. Girl. She yeah. might have had a serious health code hazard <laughs> on her hand. Eating off her plates. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. they wished. Yeah. They wished. So, yeah. did you have Sega Channel? <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll get right back to that. So, I actually did not have Sega Channel. Oh. Um, I did have friends that had Sega Channel, and the, the thing that always really, uh, the first thing that I thought about when when I was thinking about the Sega Channel was just how it didn't work. Oh um, yeah. In in those in those particular situations, the you know my uh, my friends had it in the really early days of the mm-hmm. Sega Channel, and they hadn't quite worked out some of the bugs mm-hmm. and some of the the download issues that were kind of going on at that point in time. And uh, we just uh, struggled with it, you know, in those those first couple of years in the yeah. mid nineties and ninety four. Yep. Technically mid nineties. So we it, la- it launched uh, December fourteenth, nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. We yeah. both did research for this. How about that? It, well, listen, I always do my research. I mean, sometimes you do. I, I do every time. I I very rarely do. So I always have I'm something projecting. Written. Yeah, you have to have something written down. I have something. Usually, it's just my intros. You <laughs> know? And then I mention, oh yeah, mention dicks and I- <laughs> <laughs> big bold letters. Mention dicks. <laughs> Google Notes lets you bold and italicize. Now. So <laughs> dicks is often both. I, I feel like what's missing in this podcast studio is a family feud board, so that mm. as the as Noah hits the keywords. It just ding Things and up. just you know we see the, how many people in the audience were waiting. Show me for, dicks. Yeah, exactly. That would be good. Yeah. I have to note the self. Get a Family Feud board. So I know you had Sega Channel. I Mr. did. Brown. I did. Uh, now I'll start. Kind of. I got Sega Channel the year it came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, would that be? Did you get it on ninety four or ninety five? That like within the first. It was year 90, at least. It Got it ninety four okay. for Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I remember kind of like it was like a thing where I'm like I was telling my parents about it. Uh, I'd first seen anything about it in Sega Visions. So I had a subscription to Sega mm-hmm. Visions, and I'm like, this sounds amazing, because it's a, such a cool idea, for the yeah. time especially. And my parents like, nah, we're not, they like, my dad did some research, I'm like, that's a subscription, no. No. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay. And you know how parents do, they'll tell you no, they're not oh, going to get you something. They'll completely stonewall And 100% yeah. just like, boom, Christmas time, here you go. Don't ask for anything else the rest of the year, the next three years, because I'm going to pay this every single month for you. Yeah. Which, by the way, was $15 a month. Yeah, in most markets. Some it was a little bit more in the United States, depending on your access to Turner Cable, I found out. Interesting. No. My, my, my precursory research said that the highest average subscription was $20. Uh, but the average was fifteen, which means that someone paid less than fifteen. And you know what? Uh, you know, adjusted for inflation, that's like almost thirty dollars today. Yeah. 
how like if you don't think it'd be like oh fifteen dollars I pay fifteen dollars a month for Xbox uh, Xbox Game Pass right, right now yeah exactly but no right. no yeah in in nineteen ninety four that's that's a lot of money that's, and that's a, not counting the initial like. Uh, uh, like the adapter, you have to pay for that initially. Yeah, well, the activation and fee the activation. came with the adapter. Yep. Yeah. So it's it was a bit of a it, yeah. for that time that was a lot of money for some parents, I'm sure. I mean, this is the same era where a Super Nintendo game was seventy five dollars, brand new. Right. I mean, I never for, ever forget going to buy uh, WrestleMania the arcade game for the Super Nintendo, and it was seventy five dollars at Toys R Us. Seventy five dollars. And at the time, you're like, oh, this is just what it is now. Uh, I swear to God, the game would have to come with a complimentary handy for me to pay $75 <laughs> for it right now. I don't care what quality the handy is. It's just the thought that counts. Also, the PS5 games are like $70 now. They are, yeah. I, 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 I don't own a PS5 yet, so we'll get there. But when the time comes, I will ask, is this $70 for Miles Morales? Is it actually include the handy from Miles Morales? So that's, I'll take it. When did, when did you get... Sega Channel. Uh, late 95, spring of 96, somewhere in that vicinity. Just like anything else we've covered on the show, uh, if something was out of my wheelhouse to afford as a 10, 11-year-old child, <laughs> uh, the secret was getting my father to think it was really cool. Uh, so my friend had Sega Channel from its launch, mm-hmm. and I played it over his house, and I was like, it barely ever worked over there. But it was cool enough for me to tell my dad about it every time I saw my dad. And then for my dad's like, bullshit, bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, you can do this. And you just go to the, the, the cable. And I don't think, because it was in our area, you got it through TCI cable. That's where we got it from. Right? Yep. Uh, and I think where my dad lived at that time when I first started telling him, they didn't have TCI. They had something else. But when he moved to an area that had TCI cable, that some bitch got the Sega channel like, <laughs> right away. So that's when I first got uh, introduced to sitting around all day waiting for it to work. Mm. Uh, and then getting it to work for like forty five minutes. So and then then you got then it was dinner time. I I can say that since I was an early adopter that I had some mixed experiences. Now I only had Sega Channel for probably two years. I'm actually pretty amazed my parents were willing to pay for it for that damn. I mean, long. yeah, that's a lot of money yeah. for a long Honestly. time for a Sega Channel yeah. for something they're never gonna touch, and they mm-hmm. did not. Uh, but towards the end, before we got rid of it, which I was not happy about, but it is what it is. Uh, it was working. It was stable. Um, but the problem always was, you know, when you want to do like a test drive or something and, you, and you're waiting in that little bar and it's just, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And how many times I had to just turn the thing off and turn it back on Yep. watching Sonic. Hooking that damn cable up to the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least that, that, ta- that was my first in- interaction of hooking things up myself mm-hmm. was running the cable to the Genesis oh, with the coaxial Because you couldn't leave it on there because, you know... Your father would scream at you if you left a thing on the coaxial. It's how you break the expensive mm-hmm. thing. But if you wanted to pop out a game and pop it in, but uh, yeah. So here's a fun little fact: the Sega Channel, as we know it and refer to it lovingly today, did come out in 1994. At the end mm-hmm. of 94, right? Announced in April 93, but it is not the first attempt that Sega ever did. It's to, not. You're right. Uh, you're right. That's yeah, right. yeah. Uh, their original release came out in Japan in 1990. <clears throat> I have the name of it right here as soon as I figure out. The Sega MegaNet. The MegaNet, yes. Yeah. 17 whole games. Which just tells you that for as much shit as we can rightfully give Sega for how they had the whole world on their plate and they <laughs> just fucking threw it away. They did. Yeah, they, did. Uh, they still tried some shit. They've tried some shit all the time. Sega, until they stopped being able to do it because they went fucking broke from trying the wrong Sega shit. Sega has been consistently dangerously ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. 
and it never works for them because they're always just a little too far ahead than what they should be. Well, so my experience with with Sega when I was growing up was that the Sega wasn't mine. Yeah. So, and I was I was very fortunate to be in a two system household mm-hmm. at that stage in the in the early nineties. Uh, because I have an older brother. My older brother is nine years older than I am. And he was working at that point in time, also oh. working at Toys R Us. So he, the Sega was his. And the Super Nintendo, you know, was was kind of de facto mine. Mm-hmm. And even though it was still also kind of technically his. But it was he, for the house. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, as you were saying that, you know, my experience of hooking things up, mine was, you know, taking my brother's Super Nintendo downstairs and hooking it up to the, mm. to the TV that we had mm. in the room where I could, you know, play with my toys and stuff like that. So, you know, the Sega channel was never really something that I could do in my house because I just did not have that access to the Sega to be able to do that. Yeah. But the Sega was always such a a you know like like, like the, the the mystical yeti it was like the, <laughs> nah. it, was, it was the loch ness monster if you if i was lucky enough to catch a glimpse of it <laughs> and and i did actually have like some games for sega that i would be able to go up like my brother was at work or something i go into his room and i'd, I'd play and everything and then he'd you know be coming home and i'd run out of the room so oh yeah because i wasn't really supposed to do all that but um so we didn't really have the access to it and and unfortunately you know, the the group of friends that I had at that age were also Super Nintendo friends. Yeah. So we were in a very Super Nintendo kind of heavy world there. But the thing that always kind of got me about the Sega channel was just that the, the at the time that it came out in the Sega's life cycle yeah. was near the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when you were hitting some of the games that you were hitting at that point in time, um, depending on what they had available to you because they didn't have the full Sega, you know, library. I think there's only like 50 games 50, or so. 50, typically a month. got there to 70 by the yeah. end of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 70 <laughs> games that didn't fucking work. Right. <laughs> uh. The, 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 uh, and I might be jumping ahead here a little bit, but the, the, the glimmers of Sonic spinball that I got through mm. the Sega channel mm. when, when I was able to, but you know, a lot of that stuff we'd already kind of had the cartridges for. Yeah. And, and also with, as you know, the challenges that you guys have already been saying about how the, the download times and waiting and then, you know, resetting it and everything. You know, at that point in time, you just go get the fucking cartridge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, which brings me to my next actual segment. And and we will talk towards the end of this thing about how fucking ambitious and ahead of its time the fucking Sega channel was, right? I mean, the idea of cloud gaming in 1994. What the fuck, right? We barely do cloud gaming right now, right? Yeah. But... The whole entire concept, the, the main business model for Sega, especially in the United States, to get in on the Sega channel was to get uh, a hold of a chunk of that lucrative rental market, which is a fucking sentence that nobody younger than, what, 25 could, will fucking understand right, right now. Yeah. The rental market, when you could take your ass to not just Blockbuster, because that's name dropping. That's like, say, Bugs Buddy, right? Right, but, right. Uh, like, yeah. fuck it. Grocery stores in our area had rental departments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. could go to Rick's Groceries and rent a video game not just like oh we have a couple racks of things that you can rent mm-hmm. no it's a third of the store yeah like it's a it's the nicest area of it the is store. absolutely the nicest area and of the you store. go in there and you're like oh what do we got today and then you walk in and the glory 
the absolute glory of that last era of Genesis and Super Nintendo, even pre-64, because I think 64 is when games started to each have... Nintendo had the cartridge, Dreamcast, and yeah. Saturn, and discs, and it is that there was just so many fucking games for the Genesis and the Super so, Nintendo. Yep, so many so games. many games that you could f- just knock one off the shelf randomly blindfolded, and the chances are that even if it was shit... It would buy you through that two or three days. If yep. you're like, no, I'm good. I'm back. No, I don't need that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then the ones... But the rental market, that's the whole point, right? Well, as you said, the shit from the rental market, you know, you it would be very, very fortunate if you got to a game that you really wanted oh, to yeah. play. Oh, yeah. Um, I had Mega Man Soccer from the rental market longer than anybody ever should. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Mutant so, League Football for me. I yeah. had that, well, we'll we'll talk about Mutant League Football. Oh, we better fucking do One that, of man. the greatest games that maybe nobody ever talks about mm. and should talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had Mega Man Soccer from the rental market so much, I actually started to really enjoy Mega Man Soccer. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like that how, was... that's how long I had it. I got it to the point, because like in that game... If you beat a team, you got their player to put in your lineup. Yeah. I played that game so much that I had basically a different character at every position on the soccer oh, field. So good. Um, uh, so Mega Man Soccer. That's but, amazing. But but you're right. The rental the rental market, um, especially back in the mid '90s, and I look back on that very fondly of being oh. able to go to the on a Friday night going down to the rental store. Oh yeah, it's late on a Friday night. Absolutely. Mm. You know, uh, see if you can get a new release before everybody else gets the yep. new release. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, they rewound the tape because yeah. we're ta- still talking VCRs here, everybody. Oh yeah. Oh Good my Lord. my father uh, it, uh, was one of the first people. He was the very first person I ever knew. And he bought it for my grandfather because apparently he would rent videos for my grandfather all the time. And my grandfather would immediately complain if it wasn't rewound. Even though it expressly said to be kind yeah. and rewind, heathens didn't do it. My dad was the first person that ever had one of those. Its only function was to rewind the tape, to speed rewind. Did you guys ever see those? Like yeah, the speed uh, rewind yeah, the, yeah. The, just the rewind deck that yeah, people had. All in it was. Like, all it like, you put it in, you wait, the thing pops up when it's done, and then you could put it in and get through the whole fucking United Artists and. and, and TriStar, Columbia <laughs> Picture. Waiting, waiting the four minutes to rewind the tape in your VCR was so fucking long mm-hmm. that you had to go ahead and invest <laughs> in a, a lot deck. of money in a separate thing that only rewound the tape in maybe 30 seconds. Saved you three minutes of tape. Three minutes of tape. That's or, it. you know, uh, I, one of the, the first time I ever remember him using it in front of me was he rented JFK. <laughs> on on VHS, which was Man. two VHSs, yes. right? right? So that's you know, that maybe saved him seven, eight whole minutes by having that thing. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's that's God, dude. Like we should, we sometime we should do an entire episode about Blockbuster mm. and and West Coast Video, yep, and all that other shit. But um, but yeah, so that was the origins of the, and we've covered now, which was one of my questions that uh, you know, did you have one? But let me ask you guys a question. Yes, Sega Channel. If I had to ask you to pick a game or games that you most in your heart relate to the Sega Channel, what do you think of? You firing up the Sega Channel? Primal Rage. Oh, God, right? That was the first time. There was, the beauty of Sega Channel was, for me, was just the fact that there was just so many games. Because, I mean, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Hmm. So, like, buying games was like a thing. was like birthday, Christmas, that's it. 
That was there was no Nothing's like Jeffrey Bucks and you went shopping yeah, maybe. That's right. There yeah. was no like hey Dak, can I have this sure. It was like mm-hmm. your birthday's not for eight more months. <laughs> Primal range though. Yeah. Yeah, but but it gave you the option to play so many games that you would never otherwise touch. Or even like you'd see in a magazine, like, oh that'd be cool. I'm not gonna get it, but it'd nope. be cool. Yeah. But it or it wasn't that because I luckily enough had two rental places like two like a block or two from each other growing up and they didn't have they had a decent selection but nothing special um but there was so much so many goddamn games for the genesis and for the super mm -hmm. nintendo that it didn't really matter if you had 12 games sure that's that's like maybe a 30th of the current release market this month you know yeah oh yeah uh, so primal rage and if i yeah primal rage uh, that's the game that i just didn't expect to be nearly as Gnarly as it was. It was full water thing. How about yourself? Uh, well, so I have three. Uh, Primal Range is absolutely number one. Absolutely number one because I distinctly remember that's the first time I ever heard about the game was all the hype for that contest they had in 95 mm. to, I guess if you played Primal Range enough, then you got through it far enough. There was like a number yeah. or an address yep. or something. And then, yeah, something like that. And I remember like, oh, I got to yep. try this because that was at a peak Mortal Kombat One, yep. Mortal Kombat Two, kind of a uh, kind of uh, things. Games were just like, oh, I want to fight as violently as I can. Who ca cares if I'm a shitty fucking dinosaur? I want to, <laughs> I want to see blood and I want to tear somebody up in it. Yes. So, so definitely Primal Rage. Uh, two is Vector Man. Oh, Vector kind Man of, was yep, so Vector good. Man. Vector Man was like because Sega Channel used to have that at the banner at the top, kind of, and it was in every fucking game magazine. Vector Man's the new thing. Vector Man is the new. It's the Genesis will never. Video games will never be the same after Vector Man. So you're like, oh, I gotta try fucking Vector Man. <laughs> it's not really a good game, but it did look impressive. It was visually so so good looking. It, I I like Vector Man, and I immediately I really uh, Primal Rage and Clay Fighter. Like those oh, games Clay together, Fighter. because that was like to me that was the same kind of processing. There, but the the game I think I most relate to the Sega Channel because it's the game I actually played the most on Sega Channel when I got it to fucking work <laughs> was Theme Park. Never played that. Never, Never played that. It was the it was it is the spiritual predecessor to Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm, it yeah. is very similar. You couldn't design your roller coasters, but you it was it, almost exactly what you remember out of Roller Coaster Tycoon. You're laying paths. You're putting rides down. You're setting in mission. You're trying to do campaigns. It was. Roller Coaster Tycoon, but it was the one fucking game that was on Sega Channel for like 18 months that worked every fucking time. So my ass <laughs> played Theme Park then. Okay. Yeah. Waiting for that bar, you're like, shit. And then you wait for another bar, shit. And then hit Theme Park, motherfucker loaded right away. You're like, okay, oh, here we go. Theme, theme Park, park again. it is. How about yourself, Mac? So Vector Man was one of the games that I was going to talk about mm. because that was so... With, with with Sega Genesis, and again, my, my brother being my conduit into the Sega platform, yeah. um, I was always kind of the mercy of some of the games that he wanted to play. And of course, him being older, there was always a lot more of the you know mature type games that you think of. Uh, Mutant League Football, uh, uh, you know, and uh, Mortal Kombat, you know, mm -hmm. I... I even taking a step back from the Sega channel, Mortal Kombat is the franchise that I associate most with the Sega Genesis. Oh, yeah. Blood Code. Uh, that, uh, absolutely. A-B-A-C-A-B-B. A Get over here! Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we played a lot of the sports games on Sega, too. The the NHL 93, 94, 95. We got that every, <sighs> NHL we that 94, every year. Though. NHL 94 is peak. Right so, <laughs> so many fist fights broke out in my house between me and my brother <laughs> playing those games. So there were games that 
were never going to come into my house that the Sega channel would kind of, you know, alert me to. So Vector Man obviously was one of them because that was a game my brother would probably never be interested in playing. Uh, as one I mentioned, uh, Sonic Spinball. I got really into playing Sonic so Spinball. Dude, that for, game was way better than it should have been. It mm-hmm. was way better than it should have been. And the fact that they were able to take advantage of the, the game's engine of how quickly everything moves mm-hmm. uh, with the regular Sonic games and just basically, well, you're ball the entire time and just go nuts. So um, that was one of them. Um Earthworm Jim. Uh, Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim. The unsung if, hero of the if Sega If I Genesis. would have gloves, I would throw them down for Earthworm it Jim. It is. Like, fucking Earth, classic. Earthworm Jim is the unsung gem of the 16-bit generation. The fact that we have not gotten an Earthworm Jim for an Xbox or a PlayStation a or, or a Nintendo. A yeah. yeah, anything new um, because of how just totally fucked up that game was. Mm-hmm. I've n- I never saw and you know it's like okay Earthworm Jim I've I've heard of this it looks weird uh, I'm gonna try this and just the level of just story arc and and you launch a cow in the first stage yeah. for no reason yeah and then Absurdity. later on at the game the cow's gonna come into play yes mm-hmm. um and, and and it was not an easy game to play either no you know? it, it was it was uh i think just not i don't want to jump on you but right. absolutely to underline what you're saying is i think the genesis even more than a 60 the, the the super nintendo because i think that had a lot of it's a nintendo yeah right so there there is a lot of first party games that were meant to be high level shit see yeah. right. see earthbound see uh super metroid super yep. castlevania right a lot of those great games that, uh but genesis had a lot more uh play in there and the games that were visually appealing to a younger audience weren't necessarily gameplay wise fitted for that audience. I think Earthworm right. Jim with the whipping of the head and everything mm-hmm. I think yep. absolutely fits in line with that. And the other game that I wanted to mention that because um, you mentioned Primal Rage, yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, and I mentioned that I, I I'm, we're a Mortal Kombat household, always really have been. Um, never really got into Street Fighter. Nothing wrong but with that. Mortal Kombat just really kind of the ninjas appealed to me and mm-hmm. just kind of went from there. But there was another fighting game that kind of flew under the radar. Yeah. And I discovered it through the Sega Channel. And I it think became, I know what you're going to say. It became my fighting game. Yeah. And it was something called... I'm going to look close to the mic here. Get there. Yeah, a little closer. Yeah. A little bit? A little, a little more. Yeah, a little more. Get, get do me a favor. Lick your lips. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there Good. it is. All right, right. tell me. Eternal Champions. I knew you were going to oh, fucking shit. say it. Absolutely. We have previously mentioned Eternal Champions in an episode that is, uh, that's one of my dad's favorite games that ever. That game is so that's good. That's that shit there, that dude. Game, oh. that, that game, you know, it, I th- first off, I think is just, again, in the lexicon of, of where we are in gaming, mm-hmm. is so underrated. Oh my God, yeah. That we have not had an opportunity to see it again. And, and especially in, in a world that we're in today where nostalgia plays so heavy, especially on our generation, yeah. the ones that kind of, you know, didn't get crushed by college and still kind of have money that we're working professionally and can spend it on shit. Yep. Uh, and that the market is so curtailed to us to be able to, oh, to remember this thing from the 80s and 90s that you loved? Here it is Here again. Here it is again. Have just it. a little bit more updated. Enjoy. Um, Eternal Champions was amazing. Yes. You could taunt your opponent to get more life back in the game. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, my brother and I, because I would, I just, my brother's like, you got to check this out, man. This is awesome. And we would just sit there on opposite sides of the screen, just freak, freak, <laughs> simpleton, simpleton. <laughs> and just, just go back and forth on that. So good. And it introduced, um, 
like the level fatalities yep. mm-hmm. where where the where if you were able to beat somebody and, and I don't even remember at this stage of, of my of my life about how we were able to get the characters to like you know this one character was named Xavier and he mm-hmm. would fight if you fought in his home level it was like Salem with a burning cross in the backyard yep. Yep. and but in the background and you could throw the dude up on the burning cross and there was another guy where you fought in a jungle and a T-Rex would come and just like eat yep. you but like that stuff was just so completely mesmerizing to me as, oh, as a and, kid. And the characters were gorgeous in a tournament. They were Champions. awesome. Like they were way higher mm-hmm. quality because a, a lot of the other fighters, uh, you, you, you split down the path and you had on the Mortal Kombat and Primal Rage side, it was photos yeah. of other people that had been animated. And on the other side was Eternal Champions and Street Fighter, which were hand-drawn right. fighters. Uh, Eternal Champions is the first game that I ever really wanted to do a combo in. Because mm-hmm. I'd seen, when you're watching the demo, the computer's just dropping shit. And you're like, oh my god, Like, how do I do this? Yeah. yeah. It was the first game that I ever looked at like a game's tips and tricks section that had characters' combos. Yeah. And I hand-wrote it down on a notebook when I was at the Rite Aid. Never had the money to buy it. Right. And I tried and I practiced until I... I hit that fucking combo, and it was so good, dude. So, so I, and I'm just doing a real quick uh, research on it, because I was curious who uh, developed and published the game specifically. It is a full-on Sega property, and I did not realize mm, that. First party. Yeah. Imagine that. So, did not know. Fast forward to years as us as young adults yeah. working in video games at Toys R Us. Yes. Um, and then I had the, and I will say, the privilege to go back at even a later age to work in electronics at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, when they had the Sega plug and play. Yeah. Which I regret not buying. I did buy. Okay. Yes. And um, what was great about that plug and play was that you had the ability to, if you had the cartridges still, it would play the cartridges oh, in addition so cool. to the games that were downloaded on it. But one of the reasons why I did buy it, because my brother, when he sold uh, his Sega, he sold a lot of his games. I was able to have some myself. But Eternal Champions, he bought, and that yeah. ended up being his. Because, again, you know, download time, we didn't want to keep waiting to re-download certain games you yeah. know, during playable sessions, right? So my brother would buy it. He sold it. But when I got the plug-and-play... Eternal Champions was one of the games available. Uh, and that instantly sold me. You know, they were advertising, look, we have all the Mortal Kombat games. Mortal Kombat 1, I, 2, I still 3. Remember, I've picked that thing up, like, I swear to God, every day for, like, months at Toys R Us. Yeah. Didn't buy it. So mad at myself for not buying it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but I saw Eternal Champions on there, mm. which was one of, like, the two games that I really wanted it for. And the other one is is you can get pretty commonly through any, any download channel, Alter Beast. Yeah. Uh, I really like that game on That's Sega. That's pretty standard. Yeah. Fuck Alter Beast. Not as that, it's not a good you, game. You you hurt me. All right. Fuck Altered Beast. Without the benefit of a camera, nobody saw me giving Jones eyes as yeah. he said fuck Alter oh, Beast. Oh, they feel you. That that, that game that game's garbage. No, yeah. So uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Alter Beast. Garbage. And uh, I I don't I don't want to shift focus away from Eternal Champions, but I think this is a perfect segue. Uh that Altered Beast is one of those games. That uh, was one of the first earliest memories I have of mm. a hype thing that when I played it, I was not just disappointed, 
but fucking mad about it. <laughs> kind of upset about the situation. Like, legit mad about it. Rise uh, from your grave. Which is a shame, too, because and, 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 and the positive thing is that the Alter Beast box art and the way that cartridge looks is iconic. Yes. Because it's iconically Genesis. And then you fucking play that game. <laughs> the game's so bad. It's really bad. It's really, really, really bad. It's almost like uh, iconically bad at this point. But yeah. God, everywhere you look for when you're like a fucking five-year-old kid, six-year-old kid, Altered Beast, Altered Beast, Altered mm-hmm. Beast. You're like, all right, fucking give it to me. And you're like, what is this? Yeah, no, no. Just, a, just a platformer where you got an axe and then you turn into a shitty werewolf that does you no good No, it to doesn't. be the shitty werewolf. Like, that game is just... It's, anyhow, yeah, not good. <laughs> we we have triggered Doc pissed by me off. mentioning the Altered Beast. I respect Beast. the hell out of you, but you tell me you like that shit? <laughs> Listen, I have fond memories of Ultra Beast. No, so. you don't. No one does. <laughs> <laughs> no one fucking does. If they tell you that, they're lying to themselves. Yeah. The only thing that's missing is you standing up and <laughs> right next to the Fuck you. <laughs> flipping a table over that's not Sorry. even in the room. I feel very strongly about how bad that game is. Not great. Not great at all, Altered Beast was. And I think it's also because, it's for some strange reason, years later, that just fucking clings on. Do people cling on to, oh, the Genesis? You mean Altered Beast? It's like, no, I don't fucking mean Altered <laughs> Beast. That's not at all what I mean, you son of a bitch. I did not like <laughs> Sonic 2 or 3, but I would fucking live in Sonic 2 or 3 before how I gotta you, fucking sit through oh. wait 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 wait. what did you just say how, how I didn't f- like Sonic 2 or 3 one how the one, fuck amazing. do you not like Sonic 2 huh. no here's my problem and I find that really interesting I find I, that very interesting because uh, and I appreciate the idea of Sonic being multiplayer but whenever you fucking went split screen with that shit mm. the quality in every part of that game dropped so fucking hard true and also you both know my brother could you imagine trying to be Sonic while that motherfucker dicks around his tail and nothing productive is happening in this fucking game? Oh, I get to play games with you now. No big deal. And he just fucking goes off. He's like, I, I don't know if I've ever made it past the third level because, A, the game looks so shitty and Drew is also so shitty. And you fucking heard me. I know you fucking listen to this show now. You know what I'm talking about. You're the reason I don't like Sonic 2 or 3. But you know what? Sonic and Knuckles is amazing. Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles. So good. So good. Dude, putting that adapter on that shit. Oh, my God. That was mind-blowing shit. Yeah, it was. I I used to just looking for games. Like, borrowing games. Like, here, come over to my house. Just plug that into my Sonic and Knuckles. Let's see what kind of (laughs) level we get from that. Let's just get it in there. This this was really the first time in Noah's life when he started experimenting. Yeah. This is really where it came from. You know, just like, why don't you bring that over here? Let me put this in there, and let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Let's see how you feel about it. Let's see how you feel about it. Immediately react. Let's just see. Let's just get a feel of the room. Let's just kind of. My mom's got some Barry Manilow or Michael Bolton we can put on. She's not going to be home. She will not be home for two hours. Uh, No. No. It's it's my mom. She was never home. You know, she's probably playing Sonic and Knuckles with somebody else at some other spot. This is a a slight segue (laughs) off topic, but I feel like this is a really good point to Mm -hmm. um, introduce to the audience. One of the great stories of of my relationship with Noah Brown. Yes. And that is how I met his mother. Oh, so good. And so good. Um, I will I will start the story and I will I will segue uh I will I will set it up and Noah will spike okay. at this point. So uh we were working on what was our very first film yes. together. Mm-hmm. Uh over over at Noah's house, and it was a, a little uh, ditty called El Hombre Misterioso. Con los bolas gigantes. See. Sí. Same. 
and uh, we were at Noah's house. We were we were going over the what we we're going to be shooting that day, and we were going to be going over you know the a lot of the blocking because this was this was really a silent film that we were doing. Yeah. So um, we're going over the blocking and everything like that, and Noah's mother comes over, and walks into the room. I say, "Oh, hi, Mrs. Brown. I'm Dave." Woman does not look at me. No, had her hand over her eyes. Have I told you the story? Literally, hand over her eyes. Maybe. Okay. So. This is not an exaggeration. Hand over her eyes. So, and I'm thinking to myself, it's pretty fucking rude. But yeah. then I also know where I am. I'm not. I'm not naive <laughs> as to what household I'm in. So I'm just kind of thinking to myself, all right. So something's going on here that I'm just not mm-hmm. privy to, right? Mm-hmm. So, um. Do you want me to hop in? Go right ahead. This is a good so, time. So, uh, I had known for about a week. And to add in, we filmed the film at a park right across the street from uh, my mother's house. So, knowing about a week or so ahead of time that uh, my new cohorts were going to be at my mother's house meeting her, I, uh, I started to drip feed information to my mom. And I told her, I'm like, we have some friends coming over next week. Uh, they're going to come over here and they're going to film a movie. Uh, they're all really cool, uh, except I just want to give you a heads up. It's not a big deal. Uh, but uh, there's my friend Dave. Uh, but he's got, like, this weird growth coming out of his arms. <laughs> and I don't know if it's, like, shingles, but they're, like, these little kind of pussy I, mounds I, that I, just stick out of his shirt. And I, no matter what shirts he has, you can clearly see them. So just don't look at them. Even if they're oozing, don't look at them. And I didn't just do this once. I did this every day to condition this woman. <laughs> he was being very generous to his mother to let her know not to make a scene when she saw yes. me. I believe the term goiter was also used. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, in, those, in those conversations. Yeah. So after she walked through the room maybe two or three <laughs> Which, times. By the way, if someone tells you, please don't make a big deal about this person's deformity, to walk in intentionally, <laughs> hands over your eyes, not looking, is the worst fucking option it's, for it's, that. It's absolutely not drawing attention uh. to the situation. So then she finally, she finally brings herself to view the hideous, malformed man in her house, and she looks at me and she goes, you're not, you're, you're not messed up. You're not. <laughs> you're not messed you're, you're not up. Mouth, like what's? You're, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, and she just starts yelling at Noah. And Noah's just <laughs> laughing hysterically. I was like, what the fuck did you say to her? <laughs> you know, it was peak. It was peak yeah. stuff there. But so that was that was the first time I I know. It was the first uh, time I got to meet uh, Noah's extended family. Yes, at that point, and, and, so, and they all thought that you were Quasimodo until the moment they, until they almost yeah, met you. Don't, and that's that's a rule, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever whatever you see on him, don't touch it. He's very sensitive about yeah, it. Don't look at it. Don't look don't at make it. Eye contact, especially if it starts oozing. Don't look at it. Right. Now I think the word oozing, frequent use that I did of the word oozing, might have might have scared them away. But this is just a good, a good heads up, listener. Don't let me have advance warning that. Uh, I'm gonna meet you, because I'll I'll tell people terrible things. About you. <laughs> well, I I will I will say that I have adopted this strategy from you. Perfect. Uh, and as I have as I've progressed through my life and and feel like I have maybe not quite achieved the level of mastery quite as you have, but I will go extensively into the situation to catch people off guard in those scenarios as well. And so, but also you set somebody up that no matter what you say at that point and when they meet the real person, it's all oh it's a much more positive oh, influence. Absolutely. And now, instead of you having the opportunity to make a fool out of yourself 
to meeting a person, you're just coming peaches and it's all roses at that point. That's right. I feel like there's a dating service in here somewhere. Oh, we could offer that for Abs- people. Yeah, I think so for for sure. <laughs> oh my god, like to- we could call it definitely not a sexual predator.com. And we, like, we tell these definitely people, these the actually <laughs> the person you're about to meet. Hello, man, sit down. The person you're about to meet is definitely <laughs> not a sexual predator. They are totally allowed within 500 yards of any school, and they definitely don't have to tell their neighbors whenever they move into a neighborhood that they're on some kind of. Definitely not. Why would you bring that up? Anyway, here he is. Um, uh, yes, my name is Dave, and uh, I just moved in down the street, and I'm legally obliged to tell you that yes. thank you oh my god you should if you if you ever move out of your house you should literally go to the people in your neighborhood hi i just want to introduce myself my name is dave and i'm legally obligated to tell you that i am a registered penguin season ticket holder absolutely like right up until that moment uh they probably still won't let you on their children but i mean that's right up to that moment it would be it would be amazing yeah yeah. So the Sega channel, though. Yeah, so yeah, so I was worried that this would become like a love letter to the Genesis. But it is not really talking about the Genesis. We're not really even talking about the Sega <laughs> channel. <laughs> well, so I, you know, was doing a little research about... Because I, in all the years that we had it and just, you know, the, the oncoming years afterwards, I had no idea how it even really worked. I mean, I knew how it worked on yeah. a surface level, but like, how is this even working? So the Sega channel website still is still up, which blew my mind. It is still a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did a little digging, and there's like a little page that tells you how it works on the Sega Channel website. No way. And so I'm going to read it uh, in my most 90s douchey voice I can come up with. Which is your normal voice. Mm. Yeah, you'll be surprised. (laughs) So. All right. Ever wonder how you get all those awesome games per month? Well, it doesn't take a genius to learn how you get those ripping games through your Sega Channel adapter. You see, it all starts with the production team. (laughs) They pull together and test the great games, art, text, and music you play every single month. The programming is loaded onto a CD-ROM disc. It's then sent to the big guys at the satellite station. These guys send a signal to that big tin can in the sky, Galaxy 7. This is no fucking lie. (laughs) The signal is then transmitted to the local cable company that allows your Genesis to hook into the signal. The cable guys bring all the cool little adapter, you're spinning and ready to go. Then, wha-bam, wha-bam, it literally says wha-bam. Wha-bam. You've got games galore. Wow. The amazing wonders of technology. First of all, you put so much effort into that. That's a lot I, of energy. I'm really proud I, of you. I, does anybody else feel like they're in the Street Sharks? Oh my uh, god! Figure commercial with Vin Diesel right oh, now. You should. Yeah. You fucking should. Like that's what I feel like right now. Thank you. Like fuck Fast and the Furious, and I mean that. No, oh, really. first of all, on every um, possible, th- I just feel like I say that to my people when I meet for the first time. Hi, I'm Noah. Fuck Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that just I, I really was transported there. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, you were there. I, 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 I believed it. But I also felt like for a second, if you had just gone with a country accent, you would have sounded <laughs> just like that dude <laughs> from the Jurassic Park. We use the code to fill in the holes. <laughs> That's right. And bam, Dino DNA. Dino DNA. A baby dinosaur. I can't Hello, do John. country. I don't do country. I don't know how to. No, I. You know, I. I one day I will get you to do it, but I want you to save it. Okay. Save it. Try it for something strange. But that, that's interesting. It that's is really very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Isn't Galaxy 7 one of those satellites that like crashed into Russia? I thought that was the last Samsung that I had. 
Oh, it's, I mean, it probably could have been. Yeah. Uh, do you have a jean, a pair of jeans with a burn hole in there? Then you had a Samsung. Last Galaxy I 7. read is that the Galaxy Seven spun out of orbit and is just in space. Somewhere. Oh, right. so it's that way. It went that way. Some yeah. of those satellites. Oh, but you know what? That's awesome, though. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good for you to kind of read that in the, <laughs> in the '90s voice. You know, like because uh, it's usually I'm just gonna applaud the effort you went there being hungover mm, to mm-hmm. go with a full douchey voice i was 100 percent thinking i might throw up while i was doing it well, i just want to say i'm glad i didn't you mentioned street sharks do you guys remember in the 90s like there was one particular brand of like gummy snacks that were sharks shark that bites? slapped so harder shark than bites? ever shark, yeah, yeah, yeah shark bites. Bites. they were better than any other fucking Absolutely. fruit snack out there they mm-hmm. were like like pastel colors or yeah. something there was like they the gray were, ones were so cool oh, they, they were, were so, so cool fucking incredible yeah oh my god street the, sharks i don't think i ever achieved watching street sharks while eating those fruit snacks <laughs> but my god if i could go back in time uh i definitely wouldn't stop 9-11 i wouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> I mean, eventually i would okay Here's several years if you're going back to when street sharks are new you got time yeah. while you put mr brown and i've discussed why, this why <laughs> We know that with this podcast, he's never running for office. Oh, I have. I, I told my wife this. I told my wife, I'm like, there goes my Senate bid, by the way. You're, you're well, the only well, one left. Well, wait, it just depends on what state you're running. No, right? I mean, yeah. this could actually be launching your Senate bid depending this, on the state. This, this, is, this is the United States of America in the 21st century. This absolutely does not disqualify me from holding the highest <laughs> office in the land. I'm just saying I would not go back and stop 9-11 immediately. Immediately. Oh my god! Uh, but I mean, so so we talked about Sega Channel, you know, like and, and the the average price, mm-hmm. and you know what it means for inflation. But uh, so the peak amount of people in the height of concurrent subscriptions was two hundred fifty thousand. What I was gonna say was it two hundred fifty thousand? It people? was two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, people. I also did some research. Oh my man, thank you. Goddamn Wikipedia, right? Like this. Back <laughs> yeah, else. this was this was like American Pie for me. Like mm. I was uh, um, the guy who was trying to go down on Tara Reid, uh, and I wasn't. I just wanted to make sure I was doing this right the first uh, time. The, so yeah. I went and I found the book under Fluid Dynamics on the bottom <laughs> shelf of the library. Mm. Wonderful little reference yeah. there that I didn't pick up when I watched the movie when I was you know and like. 16 years old but yeah so i was uh just researching the 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 tongue twister on that making sure i could drop some knowledge it's just like you're doing an excellent job thank you very much thank you very much but yeah the the 250,000 people which back then a whole lot probably was a million if you would think about like today's standards, if you're going by that, I mean, yeah, adjusting for for spatial inflation, <laughs> <laughs> spatial inflation. Well, I know. It Speaking actually, of adjusting for spatial inflation, interesting Terrain. you mentioned a million because that was what their initial projections for the first year was supposed to be. Right. So while although uh, I would say two hundred fifty thousand people is a good amount of people, but that's not at all what they wanted. No. Well, okay. So when you think about two hundred fifty thousand times fifteen. You know, that's that's a good chunk of change. But mm-hmm. if your benchmark is a million, that's you're trying to make fifteen million dollars a month off of a service that isn't really working. Right. That's what you're aiming for, right? Fifteen yeah. million. Now I know Turner and TCI, they were gonna take their, their cut of that fifteen dollars a month. But still that's um and that's a lofty goal in nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety five. Once again, Sega being very ambitious. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, t- towards the end, it's still average around two hundred thirty thousand. So I guess what the po- the whole point was is that even though it wasn't by any means a commercial success, the drop off from its peak to where it was at the end not 
Not a big and we're deal. talking like 1998, which is right. to me, I didn't even realize it was still around. No, me neither. And 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 what's amazing to that is, is that you know once 1996 hit, mm-hmm. we were already well beyond the Sega console. Oh, we'd all moved on. The we'd j- all the, moved on. The SNES to, was on its on its last leg. On its last leg. Was 64 was coming. PlayStation we were, was out. PlayStation was out. We're already dealing with uh, you know Dreamcast and I have my Saturn that I got Sega in the, Saturn and in the, in the Christmas of that year sitting right over there. Like it's legendary stuff. Mm. Legendarily bad, but legendary stuff. Oh, well, Sega Saturn. Ahead of its time. Sega CD. I know. Sega 32X. That's uh, right. So, okay, so so you mentioned Eternal Champions. The right. whole reason my father bought the Sega CD was because there was an extra edition of Eternal Champions on the Sega CD, and he would not be denied. No. <laughs> so he, he bought some terrible fucking games for that. Nor, nor, nor should he have been. No. But he got but, Eternal Champions for that. But the, the, the fact that... You know, over the course of those four years, the work that they put into the technology really has paved the way th- for pretty much how gaming is today. Yeah, mm-hmm. super you know, huge. It, 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 it took a little bit of time for everybody else to kind of catch up. But if there was no Sega Channel, there was there is no PlayStation Network. Yeah. There's no Xbox. It took There's seven no, years. It did. It took seven years and three months from the closing of Sega Channel until the launch of Xbox Live, the first of the modern consoles mm-hmm. online subscription service. Uh, Xbox Live was fucking cheaper than fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you still like that's that's how long it took for the rest of gaming to catch up to what. And we're just now with the advent of the Xbox Game Pass, uh, PlayStation Five, and Google Stadia catching up to where they were trying to fucking be in cloud gaming twenty fucking years ago, even right. more than twenty, almost thirty years ago, if you consider the uh, the mega right. Net. Yeah. That's wild, huge, isn't it? dude. Huge. It's uh, just because it was a terribly executed idea at the time does not make it a bad idea. I guess that's the. It point. was a great idea, and it was. It was. I don't even think it was poorly executed. I think it was just. It was poorly timed, like the Max said. It was just like bad timing for it. So to to give you more of maybe a contemporary, you know, parallel to something like this as as a as a movie aficionado as I try to be, um, you think about Pixar. Right, you think about and and you know, depending on who is listening to the podcast, you know, Pixar Pixar was started by George Lucas and Lucasfilm, for people who may or may not know. Mm-hmm. Right, and as on board as George Lucas was for what he knew Pixar was going to be, he could not continue to fund it with the other advances that he was making the rest of his company yeah. in, in visual effects and with audio and everything else he was doing. ILM. So. You have to let Pixar go and hope that somebody else is going to pick things up where he was leaving it off. And, you know, um, Apple did. You know, mm. Steve uh, Steve Jobs did. and Steve Jobs decided to buy that one day instead of another black turtleneck. Right. And the rest is history. Um, fun fact, I almost went for Halloween as Steve Blowjobs. <gasps> That's it was, legendary. It was, it was close, but we decided to go in a different direction with our costumes. But... I mean, you can do that, like... Non Halloween. <laughs> Walk around with whitewashed jeans it, and a blow and a, and a turtleneck and just ask random people at the coffee tree for a blowjob. <laughs> You're definitely not going to get arrested. No, no I was definitely I was, not. I was absolutely going to just go dressed as Steve Jobs, but just with a little bit of little schmutz on my oh, on my on my mustache there. It. 
right on the goatee there. Nice. Just to just to give that a little extra extra something. Mm. But, oh, okay, so I misinterpreted. I thought you were gonna be like the actual Steve Jobs and solicit jobs from people, <laughs> but you were gonna be offering jobs, only, which just means you would really be popular at that party. It was really only for the twelve foot skeleton that was in front of the house uh-huh. because it was eye level, pretty much. You know where the where the schwans would have been. <laughs> So, mm. but, you know, it was really years away from Pixar developing the technology before they could do an animated movie. Yeah. And now every animated movie that's made today is made after to, what Pixar has done. To look like a Pixar. To yeah. look like a Pixar movie. And if you take that parallel towards what happened with Sega Channel, you know, mm-hmm. if there is no Sega Channel, we do not have, or we're still maybe probably years away from where we were, from where we are now. And you know, I think we all should pay a great debt of gratitude, yeah, to the great people at Sega for, you know, just having that vision as to what this should be mm-hmm. and what gaming needs to be, and just having the fucking balls to go do it. Oh yeah, I, I, and, and there's no way, there's no way if you're sitting in that room. And you pitch this idea to the people who are going to pay for this, that they're going to be like, you can fucking do it. Like, there's <laughs> no way. There, I can't think that they actually thought that this was going to really work. But there's I no do. Way. But I do think that they thought that if we get this going now, the technology will eventually catch up catch to up the to idea us. to get what And hopefully we'll still be in business because then we'll just fucking rule. <laughs> well... I mean, we we were at a time. I mean, that that whole mid to late nineties. I mean, like just really like ninety four to ninety eight. They were technologically not just in gaming, but in every avenue of personal computers. We're trying so much shit mm-hmm. to get it to stick at the wall. I mean, CD ROMs. People weren't convinced the CD ROMs. Remember zip drives? Does anyone remember zip drives? Like the double. They look like a floppy disk, but they could hold like. A hundred megabytes. I not do just, remember yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Zip I, drives. Like, and people are like, this is the fucking shit. What do you mean remember zip drives? I'm still saving still, my documents yeah, I, I, zip I, drives. I, don't be surprised. I worked at an office that had one of those, and I was like, why are we doing this? And they're like, just in case. <laughs> we have important data backed up. I'm like, you have an important data that fits in a hundred fucking megabytes? <laughs> like, that's your fucking important business model? What are, what are we saving cardboard boxes now? Like just pretending. Dude, tell me this office doesn't have a bag full of other plastic bags. Because I, I fucking bet you that's what it does. Like no, but still, that's like that's that like that whole era, right? I yeah. mean, uh, I remember my mom being fucking absolutely stoked because she got a fucking PC that came right out of the box from Comp USA. Comp USA. That had, I don't know, was it like five gigabytes of memory on it? And she like dropped a pretty penny. I was happy because I got to play TIE Fighter for the PC. I got the the stick on there. But like, that's fucking where we were at in the mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, shit was sticking. And some of it works now. Some of it we don't even, we don't even talk about. You know, Sega, Sega was, was always unfortunately going to be the the younger brother at the table yeah you know nintendo doing what nintendo did and and i think also at the transition of the nintendo 64 mm-hmm. which um you know being the 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 bridge console i think to to what we all have today mm-hmm. it's just you know the games that they had were so good that no matter what sega was going to try to do 
it just wasn't going to compete with what Nintendo was doing with the mm. Nintendo 64. I think that's even, fair. Even at the the small... Because, you know, as we said here at the beginning of this, you had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games for, Nintendo, or for Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. But for Nintendo 64, you know... The, the the volume definitely went down in yeah. terms of the games, but the quality of some of those games were so great that we still talk about them today yeah. as some yeah, of the greatest games sure. ever. I mean, yeah. Without going back on a previous episode of the podcast. But it's... <gasps> Available in the archives. Yeah, oh, in the archives. In the archives, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, they just, unfortunately, yeah. because of what they were trying, it fizzled for Sega. And they they ended up the hardware not being the direction they could go in, and they just kind of really focused specifically on the software that they had left. But if you wonder if they maybe didn't try to go that hard into that area, would they still be here today? I would be curious, and I I didn't do it in my precursory research, but damn it, you better believe that uh, I'm going to look into it when this episode airs, and I'm thinking (laughs) about it. I wonder how much how much did Sega actually lose on that deal? Mm. Because that would be that would be curious to me. Like, what they didn't invent a new system for it. It's the same games that other people had already made for it. Right. They had to design a cartridge, but they're not supplying the cable infrastructure. That's that's on Turner and that's on TCI. Right. So I mean, really, I don't think it was as big as a success. If it was a huge success, it would have we would know about it better, right? But I don't know. I can't, can't imagine they, they really ate their own ass on that as much as like they, they really could have. As much as they did on the Saturn. And I think that by that point, the Dreamcast was like a last gasp in the air. Because the Dream... Talk about being technologically ahead of its oh, time. Dreamcast was such a great console. The Dreamcast was fucking light years ahead of its time. But they had ate so much shit with the Saturn that... Unless the unless the Dreamcast came out and just fucking started printing actual gold for them, <laughs> there was no way they were going to make enough of it for it to make a fucking difference. And that, on, on, where Sony had clearly come up, clearly had come up, and and so now whatever market share was left after Nintendo was gracious enough to give you some market share, uh, the, Sony was well, taking it. I wouldn't even say market share. I think Sony basically said, you know what, older people like video games too. Fuck you. Yeah. And just went in that direction. They definitely where, where, did. Where, you know, with Sega, you have Kid Chameleon, you have Echo the Dolphin. Oh, man, Kid Chameleon, jeez. Right, you've got Sonic the Hedgehog, you've got these games. And Sony, PlayStation goes, all right, here's Twisted Metal. Fuck you. Yeah, and then that, people are just like, true. people are just like, I'm not getting this anywhere else. And mm-hmm. and Sony just had you at that point. Yeah. I mean, you really think, because Ocarina, like, put 64 in a play. Like, like, Ocarina can be played by anyone that's old enough to read. Right. And enjoy it. Right. right. And I think Mario Kart and a lot of that stuff is, it is kid friendly, but it's timeless. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, but I think, as I was a teenager when Dreamcast came out, right. And I think Dreamcast is deceptively geared towards your kids and your teenagers. Right. Shenmue. Amazing game, years ahead of its time. Way too ahead of its time. Yeah, but but uh, but even then, it it was down enough. It was there was nothing edgy about it. It was just mm-hmm. really good. The Power Stone games, Power uh, Stone Seaman, uh, 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 you know, uh, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. But any of those great games that were also old enough to be enjoyed by an adults. Guess what? Those things were also fucking available on the PlayStation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it was. So, 
You know, there's a lot of things. Ambition can be quite deadly. Listen, we all watch fucking Game of Thrones here. We, we know all know what ambition Game of Thrones can be, especially if you try to make an eighth season with six fucking episodes. Just, just don't, just don't make a season if there's not a book already for it. You know, that's all you have to do. You know, uh, generally, in I am. I don't know if I'm one of the rare people, but I enjoyed the last season of Game of Thrones because I have no fucking vested interest in the books, having not read them. Uh, I mean, for me, the first two seasons of Game of Thrones were simply put. Uh, if I, when people are like, oh, should I watch Game of Thrones? And I'm like, do you have a personal problem with incest and beheadings? <laughs> if the answer is yes, then don't watch fucking Game of Thrones. But if you can deal with it and like almost like porn level quality titties, mm. then you can get on Game of Thrones. The problem is, is it starts with porn level quality tits, but it ends with porn level quality dialogue. And I think that's where the show goes off the base. I like that. Okay. And, and and first of all, that being said, I fucking like shitty movies. So I was totally fine with the last season of Game of Thrones. And I think the Battle of Winterfell is like the best thing I've ever seen on like a TV series. If you so. had a television that you could actually see it. Oh, I liked mm. it. I couldn't see shit, but I liked it because I'm easily scared. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Here you go. <laughs> you know, uh, no titties in that episode, but I'll forgive them for no titties in that episode. Game of, Game of Thrones... As as the earliest adopter of that show of anybody that I know, I was on that. Oh yeah, on, you're the reason I watched the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I might have been a reason a lot of people that might end up listening to this podcast watch the show. Uh, as my word of mouth, as I will spread to everybody uh, to to make sure they listen to That's it. That's what you do. You spread things to people's mouths. I right? do. I do. <laughs> and you are a generous Some, person. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we we appreciate it, and sometimes we have to get a shot of penicillin. Hell, but I digress. The getting to that eighth season just devastated me but as a pure fanboy yeah as somebody who who you know has has understands the process and, and went to school for the process and things like that they literally came up with the one ending of the show that nobody fucking ever thought about yeah and as as somebody who who you know tries to tell stories sometimes for a living you just like well, fuck, well done. You know, yeah. I, it doesn't mean that I it was the ending that I wanted or, or or anything along those lines. But you did something that I was not expecting, like Sega Channel, yeah, giving me Segway something that I didn't back. even know that I wanted. Look at the that. ability to to download video games and play it directly in my home after several restarts and trying to, you know, angrily download a video game after four restarts minutes. than a Batman franchise. Yeah, who <laughs> so. If second, let me ask you this question here, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Good segue, so, by the way, for your first for popping your podcast cherry. That was smooth. Yeah, thank you, thank smooth. you. I'm definitely feel like I'm settling in here as we've kind of you gone are. into hour twelve of the recording process. <laughs> um, you don't even know. <laughs> it's been an hour. <laughs> All right, you don't even know. Try fucking listening to last week's shenanigans on fucking eight hours of Halloween Havoc oh 1995. Uh, I fu- my 401k matured before we were fucking God. done with that Listen, episode. That experience is why we are never doing it quite like well, that ever again. No, we can't. So, so we let can't. me. Well, so gentlemen, as 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 so I I I was intrigued in the Halloween Havoc. I was not able to to participate in that one. Mm. Why didn't you guys? And and I don't know exactly how you did it or not. But why didn't you just like simulcast the paper? Review and, and just provide your commentary as it went. Well, because uh, and that's a very good question. 
uh, and I know a lot of people Just like the Halloween Havoc 95 watch party. I don't like watch alongs because okay. I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm on the on the road yeah. and a lot of people are referring to things that I physically can't see. Yeah. But if uh, if we if I watched the thing they're talking about or do watch and that person is thinking, hey, when this thing happened, that was fucking crazy, right? And then they talk for four hours about that one fucking segment, like monster trucks on the roof of oh a fucking God. of Hobo Hall next to the Joe <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> then yeah, then and so so the short answer is I don't like watch alongs. I know Doc doesn't like watch alongs. They're not like. Uh- I've tried actually just doing a watch along, and it just—I don't know. It's yeah. not, but I, but that being said, we do have. I'm not going to go any further into this, but we do have ideas. Yes. That if we do dip our toes into the watch along thing, I promise you, this will be worth everybody's time. Yes. I I hope yes. it's going in the direction that I wouldn't. I would hope it would you go absolutely. in. Absolutely. And, and these are of. conversations that we've had before. It is absolutely okay. something that we will consider okay. doing in the month of January. X X. <laughs> well, thank God for that. Yes. yes. We're finally going to do what we've said all these years. All these years. That but, is that but, is excellent. But we will. But as far as being able to, uh, you know, watch along and tag along. I'm very grateful that you were here for this. Well, thank you. So I have two lasting questions for both of you. Okay. okay. About the Sega Channel. Yes. So uh, the first is the Sega Channel. Simply put, uh, it's got to be most people's inter- first interaction with the concept of online gaming before we even knew what that fuck that was, right? Right. So obviously we've now decided that it's ahead of its time. I mean, for me, it was Oregon Trail, Sega Channel. Oregon Trail, or being online gaming. Yeah, well, in terms of like interactive, like oh, yeah. multi pronged mm. gaming, mm. fuck the Oregon oh, Trail. Yes. Oh, fuck the Oregon Trail. Dude, dysentery. Dis- I get dysentery I'm thinking fucking about dysentery. it. I don't even know what dysentery, dysentery really is. Never bu- <laughs> it could never buy, buy enough fucking wheat to carry <laughs> across that fucking, you know, past the Mississippi River. I, I, I don't know how many times I've like a fucking random tidal wave has knocked me off <laughs> crossing a fucking stream. But I'm pretty sure that, that you don't get fucking hit. Like, like Lord of the Rings, the fucking galloping horses. Is what I fucking picture every time. It's like you gonna try to cross the river here? Sure, fuck you are. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Oregon Trail. But I asked. So the Sega Channel, though. I mean, obviously ahead of its time, but it goes into the idea. Yes or no? Do you think the Sega Channel did that in any way speed up the the nature, the progression of online gaming for us, or would it have happened in the same timeline that we came? And because think in mind. The internet, we had, you know, Team Fortress and Half-Life was out pre-05. But Xbox Live, as we put it together, was 2005. Would have Xbox come later? Or do you really think it honestly didn't make a big bearing on it? Well, you know, in, in terms of what Sega Channel did for the infrastructure of online gaming, mm-hmm. I think is something that needs to be, you know, mentioned is that, you know, in terms of what they had the cable companies have to do, because at those point in times, the signal that you were getting, especially early on in the launch of the Sega channel, mm-hmm. was pure shit. Ah. And and it really forced the broadcast companies to clean up uh, their signal. That's yeah. right. That's uh, and, right. and even, you know, um, and I don't know if I have my timing right on this or not, but in terms of the transition from, you know, going to digital, where cable was concerned, yeah, you know there there are there are fingerprints on the Sega Channel for helping that process move in the right direction. Now you talk about online gaming. I often I often think about like Microsoft and Xbox as being just I'm gonna just go ahead and you know put on a glove, 
put a little lube up here. And I just <laughs> want to stick as many fingers as I can up Sony's ass. Um, <laughs> they and I have been rushed to get and, it out there. And, but, but, you know, because I'm Microsoft, I have way more computer than you have computer, yeah. Sony. So I'm just going to go in this direction. Um, I do think that because of what Microsoft was trying to do to, you know, separate it from Sony's dominance at that point, mm -hmm. that that was really the only logical direction they could go in. And because of the company, they had the ability to maybe get that faster than anybody else would. Um, but in terms of just laying that groundwork, I, I don't think the, the I mean, I think it obviously gets there. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as soon but i also don't think it would have been as long because again microsoft computers someone internet, would, if genesis wouldn't have done it then someone right. would have tried it too but in terms of just what it was able to do to really put that first floor you know that concrete pad down so that the others could stand on top of it to do what it need absolutely um you know I, I think what it did for the for that growth was was just unprecedented Good point. You know, I just want to add before you answer, I just want to say here's an interesting little tidbit. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first of the next generation, the sixth generation as we covered in, in the Grand Theft Auto 3 episode, uh, a game to have concurrent console online gaming was the Dreamcast, all right? Uh, which is interesting. Fantasy Star Online was right. one of the first right. games for that, uh, to do that. Um, the original Xbox released uh, with guts from the Dreamcast inside it which allowed the xbox live to happen whenever hmm. dreamcast folded xbox microsoft had been working on designs but they weren't quite sure how to be able to power wasn't really like processing speed but it was how to regulate the power in the system so that this thing didn't overheat and was able to spin the drive x many rpms uh per minute uh and they looked at the they bought some of the early you know trademarks for the dreamcast and absolutely like, oh we'll just do that then and the uh, Xbox was born. That's pretty cool. So the fact that uh, that the, the Xbox Live service comes about because Sega Channel using actual physical hardware used in the Dreamcast means so Xbox Live hashtag thank you Sega. Wow, how about that? How about that. Um, so how about you? I, I'll echo kind of what Mac was saying, and I the the fingerprints and like the mark and the lasting impression that Sega Channel made in the gaming space has is felt today. In a, in a like a very like long view sort of way, but I believe that we're gonna get there anyhow. I mean, it was gonna mm -hmm. happen anyhow. Will it? Would it look exactly the same? Honestly, probably. Yeah. Uh, I just was it was it ambitious? Was it important? The developers who are making games now were playing Sega Channel as kids and teenagers. Yeah. Right. So to that end, you kind of have to think well. That had to have spurned ideas and, and 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 inspirations. Like, what could we do later on? Like, this is this is where we want to be one day. I remember when I played Sega Channel. Now I'm like 42 years old. Now I'm in, I'm you know working for Microsoft or working for Sony, working for whoever. Uh, I think that, you know, Sega Channel allowed people to believe that this was possible on a on a bigger scale in in the United States of America at least. Yeah, uh, but I do definitely believe that we're going to get there no matter what, and I feel very like it'll be largely the same. Good point. Good point. It's something that just came to my mind as you were talking, though, is something we we take for granted these days is a game library, right? Like you're on your Xbox, your PlayStation, you shit on your Switch. 
Uh, when Nintendo even being generally pretty far behind on how it is in the last couple of generations. Yeah. Uh, a game library. Does that shit happen without a Genesis? Without a Sega channel? Because you downloaded your games into your library. And now, I mean, so much of my collection over there in games is f- digital. Digital. Right. I have games that I never will have the physical version of because I did as boop, boop, and there we are. Automatically downloaded the patches and shit for me, which that's a whole fucking separate can of worms. Yes. Last question I have to ask you uh, before we wrap this up, and it's a very simple but eager, willing question. If the Genesis was, if the Sega Channel was a person, male, female, trans, both, neither, would you fuck it? No. I would, but I'd use a lot of protection. Okay. Probably a, a double bag. <laughs> on that double one. bag, like a hefty. Yeah, yeah. You know, a a poss- yeah, possibly or even paper over top, just oh, to paper and plastic. Uh, yeah, you know, we probably would, you know, use some twisty ties down there mm-hmm. just to just to be sure for their safety. Too. Yeah, for their safety. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've had worse. Yeah. <laughs> but, not many. Not many. Not many. Not many. Not many. You know. How about you? Oh, I'd go raw. <laughs> I'd go raw. I'd raw dog that. And it would be weird. But you know what? And then and there in a corner, after things got real weird, there's Leonardo crying. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, it all comes back. It all comes back yeah, around. With a giant, two, with a giant like, eight-foot turtle dick. Ah, oh, it's yeah. barbed. I don't know yeah. if turtle dicks are barbed, but you know what? Someone can Google Just that and let me know. But speaking of things that fuck, this episode is fucks. But you know what also fucks? Next week. Oh. Mac, would you would you care to come back next week? You know what, gentlemen, I uh, I think I've enjoyed this so much that uh, yes, I, I would like to actually come back next week. You would. So would. basically, you're not gonna this appearance on the show wouldn't be as you would say a one hit wonder. Oh, oh. oh. see that? That's, no. a, that's a pro level segue right yeah, there. Yeah, it would. Uh, I would like to think that it is uh, not just a hit it and quit it, mm. but a hit it and then nurture it. And provide it with not just love, but, you know, growth nice. and support and, you know, blossom it into a, a, a long-term uh, commitment where possibly someday I could uh, meet your parents without, you without goiters. <laughs> <laughs> Take it to Tom's Diner just and right. then quit it. Just right. Yeah. Right. Oh Perfect. Because God. next week. It's music episode again, and Doc, what are we going to talk about? Uh, well, I think we already covered that, but One Hit Wonders. Yeah. Uh, those songs that you grew up with that, you know, you go, whatever happened to that group? Whatever happened to that band, that artist? I I really thought you were going to say uh, porn soundtracks. Ah. Uh, with, oh, with, no. that, with that segue. Got later. No, later. I... I misread the room. I do have a playlist yes, on did. my Spotify oh, that has 70s porno music, and I am not too proud to say that despite many attempts at using that as a soundtrack to get laid, it has worked one time, but out of spite, just to get me to <laughs> promise to never play it again. So there you go. But we're going to try something new. you know. Uh, so we're going to talk about One Hit Wonders next week. We're going to put our own Spotify playlist up on our social media. Yes. So not only can you listen to the episode, but hey, you know what? We've curated a playlist of the songs we're going to talk about. Maybe some that we don't. Maybe some extra. Just so you can kind of jam along. Uh, we learned from, uh, from, if we mentioned Drew, uh, that you know, when you're talking about music, people actually kind of want to listen to the music you're talking about, okay. right? It's so, a valid point. Yeah, so, God damn it, we're, instead of letting you wander around and get some random dickheads hits for his playlist, you're gonna, we're the dickheads are going to get the hits for that playlist, and they're going to keep on coming. So, I guess next week, 
right? So I think we've all established here, just to kind of summarize here, in case you just decided to fast forward to the last 45 seconds of this episode, <laughs> that uh, Sega Channel is responsible for all modern gaming. Yes. And yep. if it was a person, uh, Doc would not fuck it, which would I don't not. really believe you. I'd spoon it. Oh, see, that's nice. See, that's considerate. Well, that's see, the kind of person I mean, we you didn't, are. That yeah. wasn't an option. Oh, no, see, I, I wouldn't even consider it an option. Are we fucking it or not? not I'm not talking about... Not going to Netflix and try to get into a substantial long-term commitment. That is somebody's daughter, Sarah. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, nobody nobody said that was an option. No, no. I would. I don't think I would be in a committed long-term. I would take it. If it got hungry after sex, I'd say, here's the value menu at Taco Bell. <laughs> you got five bucks. That includes tax. Get it. I got to take you to your Greyhound station. <laughs> I got shit. I got another thing after this. That's how I'd feel about it. I got Xbox coming over in eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get ready. Uh, but anyway, speaking of getting ready, we're going to get ready for next week. Yes. Oh, yes. And, and don't forget, uh, we have a Twitter that you we should probably do follow. We have a Twitter. Yeah, yeah. it is a, at nothing good pod. That is at nothing good pod, all one word. Beautiful. Follow us. Wow. We have a single follower. So one follow single follower. It's me. It's me. <laughs> but it that's is. okay. We have that. We have Twitter. We're on Insta. Uh, Facebook, our YouTube channels coming along. Just basically, we which is if you want to tell people about it, share some of our useless bullshit. Yeah, if you if you've been enjoying all of this, and I hope you have, you better uh, Gibby. Yeah, uh, please tell anybody that you think would be interested in what we're talking about, or just wants to get a good laugh here and there. Uh, yeah. We appreciate all of our listeners, uh, even you, Gib, and uh, mm-hmm. especially you. <laughs> uh, if you can find uh, Gib on social media, he's one of my favorite people to follow oh, he's for best, everything. He's the best social media I, there, I, yeah. I don't laugh harder at anything than when I look at his feed. It's the best. It's, it's amazing. Best. Yeah. So, in last, this is your you get 15 seconds after I get done talking. Okay. To the fine people of Peru, Canada, Australia, uh, Algeria. I don't think we're in Bosnia. We're definitely in Austria, mm-hmm. the United Kingdom. What do you got to say? Uh, well, I'll say for, uh, I'll go to our Canadian brethren mm. in this one, um, A, uh, that uh, as a as a hockey fan, I hope to uh, drop some random hockey quips and, and knowledge throughout perhaps future podcasts. So uh, if you want to go top shelf with the peanut butter, as, oh. they, as they say north of the border where, yeah. where mama hides the cookies, you know, uh, definitely make sure you tune in. So I guess what you're saying, hey, Canada, you're down to puck. We are down to puck. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. And we're down to puck. You up every single Tuesday. So tell your friends. Guys, I'll see you next week. See you next week. Take care, guys. Nothing good.